This is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1666, Comic Talk! We should be recording the video on this one. <laughs> I'm Brian Christman. I'm Adam Murdo. And I'm Chris Everly. <laughs> and welcome to the show. It's time for our time-tested comic talk all over the place stuff. Uh, I will announce if there's any spoilers on things, so I might talk some spoilery things about an issue or two or a TV show here and there. But it's good to have us all back. Well, not all of us. But most of us back in the studio because, let's see, I just got back from London uh, Adam was, of course, down at the Stone Harbor, um, New Jersey shore. And Chris, you were down in Florida, was it? Correct? I went to Florida for a week with uh, my younger son. Uh, my parents have a condo down there, and they graciously invited us, and also my brother's family. It was a wonderful sojourn. But uh, Pants, few things fill his home as being right here in glorious uh, Shillington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, more or less. Yeah. Be it ever so humble. Yes. yes. In this home away from home with two of my nearest and dearest. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Um, so I, I must let those few folks who I spoke to in London saying this is going to be our Jack Kirby Part 2 Spotlight. Um, that will be coming. Oh, yes. As you can tell, because everybody is in the studio here. But um, I want to do a comic talk first uh, while I have some other guys here to talk about London. But a couple of uh, other topics as well. And Chris has some. Well, actually, Chris, while we have you here, let's, let's start out with. Um, no, wait a minute. Let's. Do our sponsor first. Yeah, we'll, we'll text my mind. Let's do our sponsorship first. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all rusty here. It's all right there, Fancy. This episode of Comic Geek Speak is brought to you by Zia Comics. Z- at ziacomics.com. They are located out in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And they also have a uh, podcast of their own. Um, it's actually a, a video podcast, which they also uh, put up online. Uh, check about it at talknerdypodcast.com. Uh, they talk about all kinds of things pop culture, um, mostly comic book-related news, whether it's uh, movies, TV, and upcoming uh, issues of comics. Uh, but they also run, and a, uh, they also run a local, not, actually, I'm sorry, not one, but two comic conventions. They own and operate the Las Cruces Comic Con and the El Paso Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Operating Comic Con, I love that. <laughs> Uh, they also have a talking tabletop game-related ga- um, podcast on the YouTube channel. So they're also, like I mentioned, also on YouTube at Zia Comics. They have the website. They, they got it all, podcasts. They've just got everything going on out there. So check them out at ZiaComics.com as well as on YouTube at Zia Comics and TalkNerdyPodcast.com. And speaking of comics, I was trying to do a segue there, and I just got all the <laughs> comics there. Sweet, we do a lot of that on this show. Yeah, talking about comics. Of is. course, Chris at Wild Pig Comics has recently changed his business model and is having an upcoming sale. Sale, sale, sale. So, Chris, the floor is yours. Honor, brother. Uh, yes, this is our annual fall sale. It's going to be uh, September 30th. That's a Saturday. We're opening early, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, October 1st. Our normal hours from 12 noon to 8 p.m. Now, uh, Pants, you especially should be salivating because this is going to be a, you know, a, a classic wild pig sale and that we're going to have a raffle <laughs> yeah, yeah. on Saturday All right. uh, at approximately about 3 p.m. 
Um, and of course, we're going to have thousands and thousands of back issues, including all the thousands of new ones being brought in over the next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, all back issues will be 25% off. That includes wall books, 50 cent comics, uh, sticker price books. All our like new used trades mm-hmm. will be 25%. They're already uh, low uh, sticker prices. Uh, and we'll have other discounts on other items. I haven't formalized all that yet, but like the, the games and glasses and so forth. But it's going to be a great sale. Uh, I don't have all the raffle items assembled yet, but I'll tease a few. Please do. All right. Please do. And again, in honor of the king's... Oh, and of please. course, if please. I recall correctly, if I'm, please stop, stop me if I'm wrong, raffle tickets are a dollar piece or six or five? That's correct. All right. Yep. Thanks for uh, reminding me of that. And, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, go no, ahead. no, please. That was... That was <laughs> Well placed, my friend. <laughs> I'm sorry. Such I, as always. I haven't been around for a while. Not at all. Um, <laughs> but in honor of the King's Centennial, we're going to have a uh, up for raffle, a uh, artist edition Forever People oh. edition, and an artist edition New Gods. Oh. Both sealed, brand spank and new. Are they hermetically sealed? You're so sad. I've been <laughs> kept in a mayonnaise jar. <laughs> Oh, never mind. Will uh, they deflect blasters? I, I don't need to get into your fetishes here, but anyway. What? <laughs> Come on, it's Karnak the Magnificent. I know, I'm kidding. <sighs> um, there's going to be a just released, this is also a raffle item, a beautiful, uh, huge Thanos statue. A huge? Huge. Very large Thanos huge. statue, yes. So it's huge. Simply say. huge. Huge. Where he's holding aloft the cosmic cube. It just came out. You can find pictures of it online. We'll put it up on the site on the, you know, after Labor Day. Uh, and there'll be there'll be comics like wall book type stuff, and uh, uh, probably at least ten items will be up for raffle, and half of that will go in, again in the name of Jamie D to uh, the Hero Initiative. Wonderful. Um, but again, we're bringing in a lot of new uh, sort of new back issues, new used trades, so to speak. Uh, we had a lot of great people turn out for our comic events, you know, over the past spring and summer. Hoping to see a lot of people again. We had a lot of listeners who uh, came by for a lot of our events uh, past spring and summer. So I hope to see a lot of uh, listeners at the store again. That's always a Ooh, treat. Can I be behind the counter again? Pants? I would be <laughs> Yay! All right. I'm sorry. My retail thing kicks in when I'm at these things. So uh, st- I'll, I'll be talking about the sale throughout the month on the air and look for, you know, posts for it on our site and on Facebook uh, in, in the very near future. But, uh, it's again, it's our annual fall sale. Uh Put a lot of time into a lot of books to be brought in. It's going to be very much worth people's time. If you live anywhere within driving distance, we've had people come from out of state. Please, it's going to be very much uh, worth your while. And, and to be frank, business has just sucked the latter half of the summer. <laughs> I'm sorry so, to hear that. So, you know, th- we need this sales a good shot in the arm as we go into the, the fall. So okay. please, uh, please join us if you can. Again, that'll be... Uh, Saturday, September 30th, and Sunday, October 1st. And as always, stop going often for best selection. Indeed. Wild Pig Comics, <laughs> wildpigcomics.com, 14 South Michigan Avenue. Kenilworth, New Jersey. Jersey. Again, I think we posted online uh, after, not long after Labor Day. Okay. So, thank uh, you. You're welcome. And now let's also go through the CGS mailbag. Adam, I believe you got a package not so long ago. Or was it so long ago? I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> well, let's see what the postmark says. <laughs> It was sent through uh, the United States it just Postal Service. Just as the Murd, love it. Uh, expected delivery date the seventh of August. Okay. So that that is close to a month ago as of this recording. Uh, there is an enclosed letter, and this is from a listener named Tony Palmieri, who has uh, corresponded with us before and sent us uh, care packages before. I actually uh, he lives up in Connecticut, and he actually works at a comic shop up there. Um, and so 
he includes a note uh, addressed to Dear Adam and Crew. Adam, here is another care package of stuff I know you will appreciate. Hopefully, one opens your mind to a new universe, <laughs> and another satisfied your collector-slash-childhood urge. I'm hoping visionaries, visionaries. To pants. I know you always say you sometimes feel like the man behind the scenes, but you make, underlined, make the show. You are a vital part of the show, and I really enjoy the times you are on. Keep up the great work. You have to give me the comic, the comics you're really looking for so I can help out. Okay, so. Detective 27, Action (laughs) 1, All-Star, never mind. (laughs) Comics Putting your resources to the test here, Tony. (laughs) Shane, you too. Any issues you are looking for? I love the dynamic and nostalgia you bring to the show, especially when you talk about the stuff I grew up with, Mask, G.I. Joe, etc. You probably was listening to the uh, Top 5 Childhood Comics yes. episode recently. One of our most popular episodes. Uh, yep, uh, yes. Inspired idea of yours, Chris. Thank you very much for suggesting it. Humbled, humbled, sir, humbled. I also strongly related to your pain with your dad passing away. This is addressed to Shane, of course. I, too, have been through it. Stay strong. He always will be with you, and you can carry his love through... You can carry his love through you and share it with others. Chris, I'm very happy for the opportunity to help you get that book signed by Roy Thomas for you. Yes. Uh, You as the new, quote-unquote, addition to the show is fantastic, (laughs) underlined. Hats off to you, sir. I hope one day I can come visit your shop from Connecticut. Your story about you as a kid while your dad read to you with voices made me smile as I do the same for my daughter. These are memories they will carry forever. Anyways, I talked long enough. Enjoy, Adam, and bless you all. Sincerely, Tony Palmieri. Yeah, Tony just... uh Got in touch with me because he went to, uh, what's the show in Connecticut? Oh, uh, the Terrific Con. Yeah, he went to Terrific Con oh. and he met Roy Thomas. Oh, he, uh, I, I wish I could have gone like And I had mailed him my, uh, when Marvel did those visionary hardcovers. Yeah, 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 back, yeah, yeah. The Roy Thomas one and he um, he brought it to Roy Thomas, told him about the show a little bit and he signed it. It's, it was mailed back to me. Uh, to my store. I really appreciate it, Tony. Oh, Thanks very so nice. much. So what do you have in the bag there, Merg? Oh. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? Uh, well, I've got a <laughs> whole bunch of issues of Starbrand mm-hmm. New Universe. You know, I do have the one and only trade Marvel put out of that series, but this uh, the, the collection of issues that he's got here uh, extends beyond what that trade includes. Mm. And I think what we've got here is issues number one through... Let's see, uh, 13... Tw- uh, okay, we're missing number 12. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17... 1819. Um, most of the issues between 1 and 19. I think 12 is missing. Uh, but annual number 1. And did I call it or did I call it? Visionary. Oh, wow. It's a magical <laughs> <Wow>. life. <laughs> Finally. It's a complete the quest series. Over. <laughs> Six issues. Tony. Start to finish. Tony, my man, thank you so much. <laughs> Some kind of closure there. Now I can read these and get ready for IDW's upcoming new Visionaries Knights of the Magical Light series due out at the end of 2017. That is awesome. Excellent. That's being released. Is that IDW doing that? Yes, it yes, is. That's what I thought. Okay. And I'm, I'm guessing that these six issues I'm holding here, which uh, BTW were the first uh, published Marvel work of Mark Bagley? Oh. Yeah, I think he won the How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way contest, or like a talent search contest. Uh-huh. Thing. And uh, this was uh, what they gave him to draw. I did not know that. Yeah, so this is uh, the beginning of, uh, beginning was, of his was, career. Was our glorious co-founder Peter Rios looking for those as well, or does he have them? I don't know whether okay. Pios, uh, Pios, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pios reader. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know whether he was looking for these or not, or whether he's really aware of visionaries as a property or not. But, yeah, I'd be happy to share them with him. But, yep, right here I'm looking at issue number two. Uh, Jim Salakrup plot, Jerry Conway script. And Mark Bagley pencils, Romeo Tangal inks. Wow. 
So, yeah, it's... Pretty good team there. And it's just a great uh, IP. It's a great concept. Very nice. All right. Well, we also got one more thing from the mailbag today. Hope uh, you guys are sitting down, or is there some more you got there? Right? I actually do have one other thing over here. Oh, I'm so on. sorry. Go right ahead. Uh, this is something that was sent to us uh, from uh, one of the staffers at uh, Action Lab Entertainment. Okay. Um, his name oh, is yes. Jim Shelley by name on uh, <laughs> letterhead uh, that he had made up for his, uh, his comic, uh, North Stars, and he writes, Comic Geek Speakers, I recently discovered your podcast while listening to an episode featuring fellow Action Lab creator Martheus Wade. I found myself really enjoying the show. Yeah, that's how we get them. And so, <laughs> so I checked out your archives. You can't imagine how pleased I was to discover the vast wealth of Christmas-related episodes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. That's all murdered. After listening to several of your holiday-themed shows, I realized we shared a passion for Rankin-Bass specials, so I knew I had to send my comic North Stars to you. I hope you enjoy this 22-page Heroes Con preview uh, and character art. The complete story will be coming out in October, just in time for Christmas, and is available for order in the August 2017 previews catalog. Jim Shelley. Uh, P.S. Please keep me in mind if you are looking for a guest for your next Christmas special. <laughs> So, here it is, North Stars. It appears to be a, a book about, uh, well, characters living up at the North Pole, including uh, another one of Santa Claus's uh, children. Not Jingle Bell, not Paul Dini's Jingle Bell, but uh, a different uh, daughter of his. And, uh, yeah, it appears to be uh, Christmas-themed. Yes, yeah, so Christmas action-themed. And uh, this horned gentleman on the cover might be the Krampus. Oh, ooh. I'll have to take You have to read to find out. I guess I will. Oh, no, you know, he looks more... Uh, Servine, more and more deer-like. I, I don't think he is actually supposed to be Krampus, but whoever he is, he's up to no good. Oh no, wait, he is the Krampus. Oh, spoilers! Yeah, he's <laughs> Krampus isn't really supposed to look like a humanoid reindeer. He's really more, you know, satanic, you know, cloven hooves and horns. Poetic but, uh, license. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Toning it down for the kidsles, I guess. <laughs> All right. But yeah, thank you very much, Jim. Well, now we got one more thing to mail in the mail today. From Tomorrow's Publishing, Kirby 100. As Chris grabs... Got my copy. He's got his copy <laughs> as well. Here are images. The party starts here. Tomorrow's and the Jack Kirby Collection Magazine celebrate Jack Kirby's 100th birthday in style with the release of Kirby 100, a full-color visual holiday for the king of comics. It features an all-star lineup of 100 comics pros who critique key images from Kirby's 50-year career, admiring his page layouts, dramatics, and storytelling skills, and lovingly reminiscing about their favorite characters and stories. Featured are Bruce Timm, Alex Ross, Walter Simonson, John Byrne, Alan Davis, Joe Sinnott, Steve Rude, Adam Hughes, Wendy Peeney, John Romita Sr., Dave Givens, P. Craig Russell, and dozens more of the top names in comics. Their essays serve to honor Jack's place in comics history and prove, as if there was any doubt, that Kirby is king. This double-length book is edited by John Morrow and John B. Cook with a Kirby cover inked by Mike Royer. So, I'm going to use this copy for our upcoming Spotlight on Jack Kirby Part 2. It's coming up to an iPod or device near you soon. Indeed, and I wanted to say that uh, this just came out, as, as Panthers yes, noted. Yes, yes. And, um, <clears throat> again, their Tomorrow's just has no peer when it comes to chronicling the history of this 
you know, unique American medium would be the comic book. Uh, and, oh, I mean, I, I, my notes for the Kirby Spotlight were already done, but I did go through this and add a few things from it. Um, it's a magnificent book. Like all of Tomorrow's stuff, it's beautifully packaged, just chock full of wonderful uh, art, illustrations, uh, testimonial to different artists on Kirby's influence on their lives. Uh, it's and in fact the back has a detailed uh, uh, sort of uh, timeline of Kirby's entire life and different ele- yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. episodes and uh, events in his life um, and, and, and and the surrounding popular culture as well both in terms of comics. So once again, tomorrow's the best. All right. Well, nothing, nothing else for right now. I'm going to jump into that. I was actually just mentioned back in London this past weekend for the London Super Comic Con. Uh, it's actually a first time at a. At first, it was three days. It was at a new venue, and it was a new time. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, August. Uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. 25th, 26th, 27th, at the Business Design Center in Islington, London. Um, and I had a great time. Um, I'm always happy to help out there. What I do when I'm over there is I usually help out, uh, well, before the show starts, checking in the exhibitors and uh, help out when the show's open, running artist, working in Artist Alley with the creators, you know, being a gopher, whatever, also watching the cues and what have you. And I just I just love love being there. And this was I mentioned a lot different from the last one because Murd, you've been at the XL Center a couple of times. Mm-hmm. The XL Center I think is more further in the outskirts of London. Uh, this is more. I mean, you walk out of the Business Design Center. First of all, the hotel was like twenty seconds away to walk into the lobby, and then another thirty seconds you walk down, and there's shops and there's restaurants. You're in London, baby, and there's yeah. it's, it's all going on. So that that was that was a lot a lot different, and actually I had a lot less physical work to do because I wasn't loading tables. That all happened before I got there, so yay for me for that. Um, but it was it was it was a lot of fun. Um, when I was up in Artist Alley, I had to sort of like, I had like a small section I was like watching over, so I was helping out with Lieber Mayho's queue and helping take the panels and signings, and also Simone Bianchi. So uh, the nice thing about this show in London is uh, the. Design behind it essentially was to have a U.S. style show in the United Kingdom, the mm-hmm. UK. So we bring over the U.S. creators, and of course you have the U.K. creators. But you also have a lot of European creators that I don't necessarily always see. We had a, a, a big Greek contingent, uh, some Italian contingent, uh, French, Spanish, so all over from that part of, of the world. Wow. Met a lot of uh, listeners as well over there, which I'll get to in a little while. Um, do you remember the guys from Alien in the Outfield, Adam? Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I was giving them quite a hard time. Uh, I have in my hand with a copy of their comic here, of course, uh, written by Jack, Jack Kirby. Kirby. But not that Jack No, Kirby. Uh, with art by Matt Barnett. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically, um, oh, wait, the blurb it says, from, from their book called Alien in the Outfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometime back in the mid-1980s, well, it's 80s property, a stranded extraterrestrial adolescent escapes from a government research laboratory and is discovered by Joel, another lonely new kid in town. They find unexpected allies in misfit Little League baseball team. The Roswell Rockets and work together to evade nefarious middle school bullies and shadowy government agents, help the alien return to his home planet, and maybe even win the new <laughs> Mexico State Little League Baseball Championship. So they're set up. They're selling the book. They actually had a Kickstarter not too long ago to actually put the trade in color. Mm-hmm. 
So they're there, and they've got, you know, like the foam finger, you know, the, the baseball bat, and the gloves. And I'm saying, where's your balls? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, where's your balls? I'm trying to, like, like, all weekend long. I'm like, come on, you guys can have a catch and draw folks into your booth. And I was on them, like, all weekend long. So, I mean, it was, it was on fun. So did they, you ask him who's on first? <laughs> oh, no, I did not ask him who's on first. <laughs> but it was, they were in my section. I kept bugging them, so it was very well, nice to see I them again. I have to ask, you said the scribe is named Jack Kirby. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I, we met him several years ago. He's like, I'm Jack Kirby. <laughs> it's really his name? Yeah. Okay. And I wish him happy birthday coming up. <laughs> so it's great to see him again. Nice couple of guys. Yes, yes. Um, and another person who was sort of in my section was Mark Buckingham. He's like right across oh. from me. Oh, just... I got to watch him sketch most of the weekend and, you know, look through his artwork there. Oh, just, just an all-around nice guy. And then right behind him was Mike Collins, who I might have bought some artwork from in the past, some Doctor Who pages. <laughs> may or may not have. May or may not have. And, I, of course, was looking through his pages again. And I came across, they had this two-page spread, and I'm like, what's that? And he goes, it's from a book called... Celebrate the Century. Have you ever heard of Celebrate the Century? Have I? Yes, no, I have neither not. of you. Mm-mm. Nope. Basically, it's actually the long name is Celebrate the Century Stamp Album. Like around, I think, 2000, DC Comics, um, with several creators, they put out 10 stamp albums, um, one for each decade of the century, where they would have. I think it was like 32 pages. Mm-hmm. They have an opening page and an end page. In between, they had two-page spreads about all kinds of pop culture references, um, political things, sports things, television things. Like, oh, here's a two-page story on Woodrow Wilson. Here's two pages on the atomic bomb. Here's two pages on um, Vietnam. Here's two pages on All in the Family. Oh, and, for, <laughs> for, and I never heard of this book before. So... I bought the two-page spread he had because uh, it was inked by Tom Palmer. Oh. Uh, but it features the female Dr. Light and the Atom talking about the history of television. It's from the 1940s. So it spoke to me. When did this book me. come out? This book came out around the turn of the century, like 1999, 2000. Wow. Wow. That is Tom Palmer, all right. Yes. Kimio Hoshi and Ray Palmer talking about the history of TV. Yes. Yeah. It's, it it spoke to me, Rare. so I, I I I had to get it. It's 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 uh, called the Network TV. Don't touch that. Though. It, it's a two page spread talking about in the forties the, the history of television. And there's a stamp on it too. Yes, because it, it's part of the stamp album. There's, yeah. a, there's a television stamp on it there. So I I couldn't find the book anywhere. Well, actually, I didn't even get a chance to go into the con floor. Other than like about three minutes, I was in because this con had, similar to New York, uh, the Artist Alley was separate from the rest of the con. So I was upstairs in Artist Alley and really didn't get to go on the con floor other than like oh, for like three you. minutes. Well, it kept me from shopping and buying things I didn't necessarily <laughs> didn't need, like back uses. But I did buy Saved this, you from yourself. But I did buy this nice piece of artwork here from my con. What's wonderful about that is that nice. that's such a an idiosyncratic piece. I mean, it's a true yeah. rarity. Yeah. I've only seen about ten pages of it up on comic art fans. Uh, and some of the people who've worked on the book, I think like Norm Brayfogle, Dick Giordano, Dan Jurgens, Joe Staten, um, just some other people. And they all did like, like one or two two-page spreads. 
and I managed to find there was one person on eBay who had one copy left of all ten of the of the book. So I I, I bought it right now. It's it's coming to my house next week because I was I never heard of the book before. And I'm not going to find it at comic shops, probably not, no. because it's... Well, yeah, it's, it's not so much a comic as an illustrated stamp album. Right, if you've never heard of it, Chris. I've never heard of it, nope. So I'm looking forward to getting that and going through that. So that was my, that was my one art purchase, because people were like, oh, Pam, would you buy an art? Well, I got this one thing for her. So was the show... What was your sense of the attendance of the show? It was difficult, because again, I was mostly up in Artist Alley. I didn't mm-hmm. go downstairs too much. It was, again, a, a, a different venue, a smaller venue... Uh, it was uh, three days, but they only had a short day on Sunday. It was only open until 2 o'clock on Sunday huh. for the main floor. We stayed open until 3.30 in RS Alley. It was, the center had to be closed, I think, by like 6 o'clock. Yeah, it had to be, we had to get everything out of there by 6. Okay. Um, so it was a little diff- different, uh, different feel for that. Saturday was pretty good. Friday was pretty good. I don't have the exact numbers. I'm hoping they did pretty well because I want to come back again and again and again and again right. and again. Uh, but for most of the folks I talked to, they had a really good time. And there were some hiccups because it was a new venue. Um, That's inevitable. Yeah, some people just didn't have a, the best time finding where R.S. Alley was. We had some signed things because it was upstairs of, of, the, um, of the main floor. But, I mean, I, I had a great time. Uh, and I said I, I met a lot of uh, listeners again. Um, and I got to tell you, this, this never gets tired for me when somebody comes up to me and says, are you pants? <laughs> I mean, because that happened again at London in the UK. And, so, and of course, of course, why? Yes, I am. <laughs> so that first happened uh, with a gentleman named Sam from Devon. Now it was his fourth London Super Comic Con, and when he started meeting, when he met me, I said, "Well, how have we met before?" He goes, "No, I didn't know about your podcast until quite recently." So it's like. Well, that's that's thank you, thank you for listening. Thank that's, you for yeah, coming to the con very, and, very and supporting cool that there. To know that we're still getting new listeners even yes. in the UK after all this time. And he absolutely loved the first part of the Kirby Spotlight I'm podcast. Glad to hear it. All I had you, a lot Chris, of people tell me that. Um, actually, also um, there's another podcast in Ars Alley, the Awesome Comics Podcast. Uh, there's um, Vince. Uh, Talked to Tony. Tony also loved the podcast, and Dan Butcher. They're all part of an awesome comment, mm-hmm. mostly indie things. But uh, Dan, they all listened because they all knew who I was, apparently. And Dan um, gave me a copy of his trade called Vanguard. It was created, written, and illustrated by him. Oh, uh, his name wow. is Dan Butcher. It says here, in the near future, a small team of genetically engineered metahumans defend our country's interests at home and abroad. They are the vanguard. Now, I'm not sure which country he's talking about here. Because I'm assuming it's probably the, you know, the Britain. Were these gentlemen British or American? Yeah, British. Okay. I haven't read it yet, but thank you very much for... Um, thanks for listening. For that. Yeah, and again, thank you for listening. Here, here. Uh, I met Seb from Bristol, uh, Kieran, and his, his little son, who was on his shoulders when he, when he came into the con. Uh, Peter and his wife, Jennifer. Um, uh, one of the creators in Artist Alley is Kevin Fitzgerald. who uh, He's been in other London Super Comic Cons, and I'm not sure if he's tabled before, but he's, he was in Artist Alley, and he's been listening to, I think, episode 112. Oh, wow, we. Yes. It's a long time. Yes, yeah, so he's got a site. It's Kevin Fitzgerald, F-I-T-Z-G-E-R-A-L-D, it's www.online. So, www. I love saying that. I'll let him know what you say it. www.kevinfitzgerald.online. Check out his work. And, of course, I met Dr. Eamon Clark again. Mm-hmm. Caliban on the forums. 
longtime listener. Of course, he has his podcast, megacitybookclub.com. Uh, well, Mug City Book Club, where, Adam, you were a guest. I was, uh, several months ago when we talked about uh, D.R. and Quinch's Guide to Life. Yeah, because ep- he talks about the, the collected editions of 2000 AD. Mm-hmm. I think it was episode 26 you were on. Uh, so, and this year is the 40th anniversary of 2000 AD. And we all know, everything, everything comes, comes back, back to 2000, 2000 AD. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting that it and Star Wars have the same starting point. Yeah. Um, and he actually did a brief uh, interview with me talking about 2000 AD, and I, he gave me some things to say, and I still flubbed them out, so hopefully he edits out. I, I, I look brilliant, mm. because I do all the editing here. Of course, I look brilliant when I do oh, my... he's skilled. He, he's, he's a physician. He has good hands. Yes. <laughs> and he's always been giving us things for Christmas from 2000 AD. Oh, yes. And he gave me, I forget which one, which year it was, but he gave me a collection, the complete... Ballad of Halo Jones, because he, he says, I, in the note it says, I keep sending this to CGS guys, hoping that someone will read it. You're our only hope, Obi Pants. Um, so, I was, I told my reader on the plane on the way back, and I started to, but then it's like, I can't concentrate on a plane with everything going on. So, I did read a little bit of it at home. Not all of it, so Eamon, I definitely will finish reading it, and I will talk about it on the air at some point, so thank you again for that. But you, Mr. Murdo, he wants you to talk on the air about uh, the Superman annual number 11 that he gave you. For the man who has everything, yes, we had meant to do that. Actually, we mentioned that back in January, I think, (laughs) is one of the things we were going to do this year. Well, we still have some time. Yeah, sure enough, we do. We can do that as a, I don't know, like a footnotes or... Uh, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, we. I, mean, yeah, I think we'll, uh, we'll all read it. Because remember, Big John Morrissey sent me a copy of the of that same issue at about the same time, which yeah, I then yeah, passed yeah. on to Shane. Mm-hmm. So, and I know you've got it someplace. And yep. Chris, I can't imagine you don't have it somewhere. Have, yep. Well, we should all talk about that story because Absolutely. it is famous. It's an Alan Moore yeah, production. Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, and mm-hmm. it's an all time classic, and it deserves uh, our attention. Oh, and I forgot to mention um, one of the guests. Well, the guest of honor was Brian Michael Bendis. I actually, because I was at my RS Alley, he was not really doing at a table any signings. He had a signing schedule at a, at a, at a special signing area downstairs and do a couple panels. I didn't see the man until the show was about five minutes from being over. Huh. So I, I said hi and thank you for coming. And every, everything I heard about him this weekend was, that weekend was, he was just top-notch. He would, to some people's chagrin, but to the fans, it was, they were eating it up, would just, talk and talk and talk with them we're signing their books and that's what you want i think if you're a fan when you're going to a show you meet a big name creator and he takes the time to talk to you when he's signing your book and just i mean people are of course waiting in line for hours to you know, get to sign the things but it was from everything i hear it was worth it he was just the fans loved him and he was great so that that made me so happy to hear that but like I said, I was away, so I didn't get to see him. I did say hi. But he looks great. I think he might have like lost some weight recently. He looks oh. really good, really svelte, as the, <laughs> as the kids say. Uh, so thank you, Brian, for coming to the show. We do appreciate that. And thank you for writing Alias again. Man. Yes. Or Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Wonderful. Yes. One of the best yes. books out there. Um, also want to give a thank you to Paul Stevens over the UK. He stopped by and said hi. He was there all three days. Big listener of the show. Um, Big art guy gave us on a last sketch list. I saw some sketches he got, so it's very cool. And he gave me a, and Shane a copy of the BBC special edition 
Doctor Who magazine toys and games. Oh, right up your alley. Six decades of, two of classic yep, collectibles. Yes, yeah, so thank you very much, for Paul, for that. And, oh, what do we have here in, in, in the middle of the thing? What could it possibly be? Oh, I was just going to bring up the last time Paul tried to muddle <laughs> yeah. me. Tonic for the spirit. <laughs> Harper, there you go. He ha I have in my hands a hermetically sealed <laughs> muddle the murd. Imported. Oh, yes, imported. So he's going to jump the queue. So let's see what we have here. Is a Chino's really into the hermetically sealed this episode. <laughs> Gosh, you know, oh. I... And, oh, it's just struck me, if I get muddled here, I'm going to be mailing something to the United <laughs> Kingdom. Oh, and that reminds me, because the last time you were muddled, mm -hmm. uh, our listener decided to give, I forget... Martin Bow from Australia. That's correct. Uh, those three prints, so those three prints right down there are for you, Chris, to take to the Wild Pig Raffle, however you see oh, fit. Oh, thank you very much. Yes. Appreciate that. But, thank you. oh, God, so what do we have up now for the offering here? I've got to go down the list here. Okay, we're going to give away, once again, two sketches from our anonymous listener who donated these art pieces to us. A sketch from Brett Weldley of The Surrogates, a steeplejack illustration, uh -huh. as well as from Steve Ellis, a Wonder Woman sketch. They will go together, like peas oh, in a wow. pod. I don't know. <laughs> so we'll do that. So that will be yours if you happen to muddle the murder. And this time, Paul will know better than to ask me a question about Herbie the Fat Fury, because that was his undoing last time. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Hello, Adam. I attempted a muddle in person back in 2015. I have regrouped, and here's my second attempt. Oh, I don't want a prize, as I don't want you out of pocket. He doesn't need to worry about that. Well, that's true. Well, we'll see how it goes here. Thanks to my uh, patron, Kurt Schmidt. That's correct. I, I'm actually, I, I'm not paying out of pocket for uh, my muddle prizes. But. That's correct. Here are my questions. Question one, DC pre-1970. In Action Comics number 59 from 1943, the niece of Lois Lane was introduced and billed as the girl who loved to tell... <laughs> God, the girl who loved to tell whoppers. <laughs> she kept on appearing for the next 12 years. What was her name? If I'm recalling it right, her name was Susie Tompkins. Jesus Christ! How did you know that? <sighs> I've heard of the character. Wow. I've never heard of the character. Right? Remember that fine. story that you love so much, The Wedding of the Earth 2 Superman? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Mrs. Lucille Tompkins, Lois's sister, I could, this is like the Earth 2 version of Lucy Lane, was in attendance as the Matron of Honor. As uh, Clark and Lois were getting All right, married. now you're showing off again. I mean, that, that, that doesn't suit you very well. I just remembered that uh, <laughs> Tompkins was the... I'd actually heard of Susie Tompkins before that. She was kind of like a, an earthbound Mixus Pitlick, and that she's one of several impish trickster characters that Superman had to go up against in those well, days. Well, call me impressed. Well, that's, that's sold wrong. Question <laughs> two. Question two, Marvel 1970 to 2000. In Wolverine number 37 from 1991, from 1991... Two androids were introduced. One was a Wolverine replica, mm -hmm. and his name was Albert. Can I finish the question, please? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and one, an eight-year-old girl. They were created by Donald Pierce to lure out Wolverine. Name them. Well, I've named one of them. You have named one of them. Ah, uh, dread it. I can't remember the other one. Uh, it's, it's something... I think it's two words. Uh, <sighs> 
LCD. Oh my God! Wow, two for two. <laughs> Jeez. Like liquid this, crystal. This is, this is Murd in top form here. LC. Top form. E L S I E D D E E. Which is kind of a it's a homophone for LCD like liquid I, I, crystal. I mean, I, I get that now, but <laughs> I was about to say Fannie Mae, but that's a different subject. It sure is. Who is getting your brain when you pass away? Is it going to science? Please tell me it's going to science. <laughs> I will continue to use my powers for good even beyond the grave. Oh, stop. Oh, Question wow. three, other, from 2000 to now. In giant days, I have no idea what that is. In giant it's days. It's a boom well, product, yep. I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Name the three girls who started university together and became the focus of the series. I cannot. Not even a yoink. Come on, you're two for two right now. You're going to go for two for three. Come on. I can't. You can't. Uh, Danielle, Janice, and Stacy. Susan, Esther, and Daisy. Yeah, see, I think Danny might have been able to answer that. Yeah. Corsetto might have been able to answer that. Or Bill, for that matter. That's my attempt. Keep up the fine podcast and all my best to all the geeks past and present. Cheers. Paul Stevens, UK. Well, thank you for an entertaining outing there, Paul. Yes. And he didn't ask about Herbie this time. He did not ask about Herbie. Your first two responses were awe-inspiring. That was vintage <laughs> murder. <sighs> thank you kindly, sir. But yes, Susie Tompkins was a trickster after all, and remember my undergraduate thesis. Which I still have and still have to read. Hmm? <laughs> Look forward to your thoughts, Chris. I, indeed. All right. Uh, also, a, a big thanks to Paul Yates. Ah, yes, the other British Paul. Yeah, it's probably the Because there's only two in the whole country. There's only you know? two in the whole country. And they're both fans of ours. Yes. Uh, another art collector, he was going, dashing from person to person. Getting, he got a wonderful Mark Buckingham, Paul Kirk Manhunter sketch right there. Ours the con ended. He was just getting that, so I saw that. And he was, he was also on Claudio Castellini's sketch list. Now, Claudio Castellini may be the best-dressed creator I've ever seen at a con. Good God, this man has got GQ written all over him. Sartorial splendor, huh? Oh, my goodness. This man, he's from, from Rome, Italy. Uh, gorgeous work, but dressed to the nines. Good God, I've never seen anyone dressed so wonderfully like that. And it's very kind and <laughs> great, great talent. So I just thought I'd throw that in there for whatever. Do you have, like, a three-piece suit, vest? He had some vests on. He oh. had some... Wonderful. Even when he went out after the show, he was just dressed nicely. It's got it going on. <laughs> Me, I'm, I'm a slob in my t-shirt and everything. in my hoo shirt. But anyway, pretty sharp t-shirt. Oh think. wow! Why, thank you. So pants don't downgrade the. Oh, legend. stop Come it! On. So as I mentioned, one of my goals, uh, also one of the guests at the show, was Dan Slot. Ah, and, Silver Surfer. And I wanted to talk about Silver Surfer. Well, he had a very large queue permits all weekend. So Friday. He was actually upstairs in RS Dialing, one of our other smaller sections. And I saw him come in after a break, and I, I, I was walking upstairs with him. And I said, I just want to thank you. Like Jamie, he said, you always want to, I just want to, I want to thank you for Silver Surfer. I, I, I love it. Uh, I'm sorry to see it go. And I said, well, then it's ending. How about, what if I gave you, I don't know, maybe four bucks a month via PayPal. Maybe you can write me a short story about Silver Surfer and Don Greenwood. And he goes, well, had read issue 13 yet, which actually I had not because it had come out week before. And I haven't read it yet myself. And, and, and it, it didn't come in my DCBS shipment until tomorrow, so I, didn't, I haven't read it yet. And he goes, well, you might want to change your mind until you have to read issue 13. And I said, oh, crap. Because he's telling me that, it, you know, it, 
it, people were texting him or sending him pictures on Twitter or whatever of them, like, crying at the end of issue 13. Oh, wow. So I, I can't I thought, wait oh, to God. read it. So I said, well, no, I haven't, I haven't read it yet. So, And I, I didn't get a chance to go down to the floor. So I was saying this to Paul, and Paul goes, well, you know, I, I might have it. Because I copied home, I'll, I'll check back and bring it in tomorrow. Sure enough, Tuesday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, he com- <laughs> comes back the next day with Super Super 13. Now, what he did, he gave me his copy and bought a copy off of eBay, he tells me. So, Paul, <laughs> thank you very much. So I can't just bring out the best of people? Oh. So <laughs> I started reading it, reading it at, 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 at the com, because he came in front and gave it to me. I started reading it. And I got about halfway through it, and here comes Dan Slott. So I, I said, Dan, I got issue 13. I'm, I'm halfway through it. He goes, oh, you get the good part yet. I said, oh, geez. So I figured I better get him to sign it now <laughs> before I change my mind. So I got him to sign it, and I, I went back issue 13 back in the hotel room away from the prying eyes, and it was just... An emotional punch to the I'll guts. Read it tonight. Um, but it's a tour de force. I mean, I can't go on. A, and also, it's the penultimate issue of the run. I've got to mention that because issue fourteen is the end. But well, one of Marvel's best series in recent this, years. I mean, I've gone on and on bad nausea about this book, but it's sort of not behel- beholden to any continuity that's going on with anything in the, the big events. It sits its own little corner of the world, and it's just a wonderful book. And Chris, if you want to read your copy, well, you're getting your, your books pretty soon, aren't you? I have it. Oh, you I have it? You haven't read it. I okay. haven't read it yet. Oh, just, I'm going to miss this book terribly. It's, it's wonderful. So thank you very much, Dan. Thank you very much, Paul, for helping me out. Thank you, everybody who came to the con and stopped by and say hi, and hope to do it again next year. It was a hoot and a half. Oh, and by the way, Chris, uh, on, the, on the front uh, credits page of this, at the very bottom, for Flo Steinberg. Uh, oh, as it should be. Yeah. So, Excelsior. kudos to the Dan Slide and Mike Allred. So. That, that's uh, that's my story. I'm glad you had a great sojourn. I had, I had a great sojourn, and uh, looking forward to go again next year. Um, because we don't know right now what the dates are, if they're going to have it again, because it was a new venue, and like I said, you know, it's above my pay grade to know all the business aspects of it. I mean, I hope they have it again, because I think it was a quite quite a lot of fun. Um, all right, any any other things we want to talk about? Cause I, I want to f- talk about a couple things. Sure, go right ahead. Um, all right, who's watched Defenders? I have. I haven't. Okay, I, I've only watched the first four. Okay. There's eight episodes, right? Correct. So Possible spoilers. I'm not going to... Okay. Because Murd hasn't seen it yet, and maybe... Well, Murd, Murd's are way behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Netflix. haven't even seen Luke Cage yet. Yeah. You'll love Luke Cage, I think. Uh, all, all, I, I wanna, a, I want to say how much I'm enjoying it. I think it's outstanding. Okay. Um, and we'll talk, I'll talk about it more, at least with you, once I, I finish watching it. But what I wanted to bring up here was Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was on, I'm on record on the show defending Iron Fist, the Netflix show, at least to some degree. I didn't think it was as bad as I think many other people did. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think it was as strong as the other Marvel shows, but um, but I thought it was okay. And, and you know, I know Finn Jones got a lot of flack online for his performance, besides the whole white versus Asian controversy. Just just his his acting, I know, got a lot of criticism as well. So I was in Florida when Defenders hit Netflix, so I didn't mm-hmm. see it until about a week. Started, I didn't start watching it about a week after it came out. Mm-hmm. And my oldest son, Ricky, had watched it because he, he wasn't in Florida with me, so he had watched it. 
And I got home. I said, well, how was the Defenders? He said, and he basically said, mediocre. He said, he said I, I can't take Iron Fist. Um, he, he said, I just... He, in so many words, he basically said he just brings the whole show down for me. So I said, all right. I said, let, let me watch it. Because, you know, I was so psyched to see Defenders and, and you know, all the characters together and their, all the storylines being, being picked up, etc. So I watched the first four. And, and I have to say this, uh, you know, quote on the record in terms of being on this show. <laughs> He's not a very good actor. And I I think what I didn't notice in Iron Fist so much as I noticed in Defenders. In Defenders, he's surrounded by outstanding actors. And when I watched him trying to act against a master actor like Sigourney Weaver, it was painful to watch. Mm. And I'm still rooting for – because I love the Iron Fist character. I love the world of Iron Fist. I'm still rooting for – his his performance and for season two because I'm I think they're doing a season two of the show, uh, and so forth. But man, I, I just it, it never fully struck me, and my my generosity towards the performance was never fully hit until I watched him act with these other actors. Who are like Charlie Cox is Daredevil, right? Mm-hmm. I mean he's phenom- like he's Daredevil, like he's Matt Murdock. It's phenomenal. Kristen, well, who plays Jessica Jones? Ritter. Kristen Ritter. Nails it. The actor plays Luke Cage is fantastic. Of course, one of my favorite actors, uh, Rosario Dawson. I mean, she makes every scene she's in. He just doesn't have it. And, and I, I was more generous when I watched Iron Fist. I really want want the show to to, to do well and to go, go on. I hope it still does. But I, I don't. I don't know. I, I just. It really struck me watching Defenders how he's just not in the same league as these other people. That they've cast. Um, I, I think the Kung Fu was better. I think that he must have gotten more time to actually train, which I don't think he had for season one of Iron Fist. Again, I'm halfway through, through Defenders. But I'm just saying, you know, on the air, because I, I talked about this before, and there was comments on the forums about, you know, the performance and so forth. I, 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 now, now I really see what people were saying. Like, it's... They got to do better. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I agree with everything you you, you said there because I've watched all eight episodes okay. and yeah he was a bit of a drag on the show. Oh, by the way, I think it's Mike Coulter, I believe is actually yes, plays you. Yep. Um, Luke Cage. I didn't think Sigourney Weaver added a whole lot to the proceedings. I just love her, so I just love well her that's fine. But you know, overall, I guess my my expectations were kind of high. When they all come together, have a really great show. I was it was kind of on the dull side, I, I must say. Okay, um, we'll talk more when I finish watching it. But sure, I'm enjoying sure. it so far. Well, well, more power to you. Yeah. I mean, I just yeah wasn't wasn't all that that great. I didn't think. Okay, fair enough. What else is on your agenda? I want to talk about a couple books. Um, Certainly. I just read last night, uh, and I mentioned this when when it first came up in previews. Nightwing: A New Order. Okay. Written by Kyle Higgins, art by Trevor McCarthy. It's, it's an, essentially an Elseworld. All right. Um, and, I, and I've been a champion of Kyle Higgins, and Jamie D was a champion of Kyle Higgins when he was doing uh, Nightwing and The Cowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, he did the wonderful Space Noir, Hadrian's Wall, which I'm still finishing up. This guy's one of the best writers in comics, as far as I'm concerned. And Nightwing New Order has. It was such a refreshing book to read because it had all the great elements of you know a, an outstanding Elseworlds type story. It, basically, Dick Grayson 
for reasons reasons that are, I've only read the first issue, uh, reasons that are not fully explained yet, was involved in a plot, whatever you want to call it, to remove the powers from all the superpower beings in the DC universe because apparently they were starting to be seen as a threat. And he essentially becomes like one of the most powerful people on the planet. Um, and it's just about him and, and his family and, and the legacy of what he did. And the first issue, I won't spoil too much, but you know, you're, you're picking things up after all this has happened. So you're probably going to find out in flashbacks and, and you know, discussions why this all occurred. But um, I was riveted by the first issue. Um, and it's, it's clearly going to really explore you know, the consequences of Dick's decisions and the impact they're going to have on both him and his family and the people around him. There's a great scene in the first issue where, he, where he's, he's having sort of dinner with a very old Alfred. And Alfred did not agree with what he did. Um, and so it, it's – Higgins, is, he's, he's, he deserves more attention. I think he's one of the best writers in comics. And, and this, this first issue only further confirms that for me. Um, I also wanted to shout out for Secret Empire. I'm really digging it. The, the latest – As it completed? Uh, as, there's one issue to go. Okay. Um, I just read issue nine uh, yesterday. But again, kind of like with Secret War, I, I'm enjoying the fact that this was a story that, in this case, Nick Spencer was allowed to build for a lengthy period of time. Mm-hmm. And so, and since he's writing the main, the main flag title of this whole event, you know, it, he's seeing it through to the end. And I just think it's a fascinating take on, you know, Captain America and the fact that he is. Now the head of Hydra and why that happened and the impact on the other Marvel heroes and it's 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 got a great sort of like you know resistance feel like rebels fighting against an oppressed pressure that whole motif but it's also about just these different characters trying to come to grips with the fact like the most probably the most iconic figure the most revered figure in the Marvel universe for reasons you know you have to read to see why has gone bad and uh, it's I think it's very well executed I really enjoy it and again I I'm not a big fan of a lot of the big events. Um, but this one I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, each month. So uh, I just wanted to uh, comment on those. The other book I wanted to mention, I, I w- I'm sorry Shane isn't here to discuss it as well, the latest Star Trek miniseries by... Uh, Mirror Broken? Oh! J.K. Woodward oh. and, and the Tipton Brothers? Or is it one of the Tipton Brothers? Man! They are, <laughs> I mean, if you are a Star Trek fan, you have got to read this miniseries. If you love the Mirror Universe stories... If you love the the, the the TNG crew, first of all, J.K., which is no surprise, so perfectly captures visually those characters. I don't mean like in a, in a boring, you know, like copying way, but just it's it's clearly his style. But he so captures the essence visually of each one of those characters, their expressions, the way they move, their gestures. I mean, it, it's, it's some of the best work, I think, of his career uh, that I've seen. And the Tipton brothers so know their Star Trek. And, you know, this is, this is, this is the, the, the Next Generation crew in the Mirror Universe. So they're part of, like, the Terran Empire, right? And it, the story is basically Picard trying to basically seize the Enterprise, because it's not under his command, and take it for his own uh, ambitions. And, and they're involved in, in a war with the Cardassian Klingon Alliance. It's, if you're a Star Trek fan, you owe it to yourself to read this miniseries because you will absolutely adore it because the, this creative team... They clearly know how, what Star Trek is, how what, what makes it tick, and what makes it so fun and so endearing. Um, 
highest recommendation. So Very good. I, I, I can't recommend that enough. Now, this uh, Sunday is the finale of Twin Peaks. Are you caught up with that at all, Chris? I just, I, I just, I just watched episode 12, so I'm, I'm like four or five behind. Okay. So you know the episode I was talking about with that crazy... Oh, yeah. What did you think of that? What... That was 11, I think? No, that was, I think, that was 8, I Or 8, think. the nuclear explosion. Yeah, yeah. Besides it being one of the most visually dazzling pieces of TV I've ever seen in my life, okay. um, in terms of accessibility, um, it, it's, it's challenging. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it because it, it, it seemed to me that he was trying to explain what brought the evil of Twin Peaks into the world, and he was associating it with... The Trinity test uh, in, in the Mexico. Mexican desert in 19, July of 1945, which is the first atomic bomb detonation, prior, of course, to the dropping of the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Because um, you see, you know, Bob appear for a minute in the, in the blast. Yeah. And um, again, because they're allowing David Lynch to do what he wants to fully fulfill his vision. You, you've got to be patient because some episodes are, are more feel more like the sh- original show, and they're more, for lack of a better term, accessible. Others are like this, and you're like, your mind's blown by it, and you know you're not sure what to make of it. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing either. To have to really sit, sit back and think about something, too. Again, I, I think visually that's it's, it's just that was amazing television. Um, not my favorite episode of this new series, mm-hmm. but again, I, I'm, I'm behind you. I, I just finished twelve. Okay. And they're going to 18. Yeah, 18 so years. I think 17 and 18 together. air on this Sunday night. Okay. And there's a lot of things that are still left unanswered, and I hope they can bring it to a satisfying... But they may not. I understand yeah. that. May I finish it? Forgive me. I hope they bring it to a somewhat satisfying conclusion. But again, they may not, because that's, the original series ended on quite a cliffhanger. Um, but there's some just... Yeah, I. Are you enjoying it? Um, for the most part, I am. Um, but it, it is. I won't say these are actual episodes. It's like okay, they just to stop after an hour because they just pick up again. There's not really a whole thing to an episode. It's just yeah. story, 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 story. Here you go. It's almost like an 18-hour movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I will say, and, and you don't obviously don't spoil it for me, is by the time I got through episode 12, I was like, all right. I really would like Cooper back at some point because this is really, you know, that's, I mean, I want to give me at least a moment of him being Cooper again. Um, and I, I hope, without you saying it, I hope they get to that point because the last one I watched, like, his, his you know, his son, in quotes, is like throwing a so baseball at him. And it's, you know, he, he's still like, he's still like, a, you know, essentially a vegetable, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm, but what I really love about the show also is the sense of, they're really capturing the passage of time, what it's done to all the characters and the oh, lives. Yeah. And what I also find really, and last thing I'll say about it is, even though uh, Michael Onkin didn't, didn't want to be on the show, he is in the show in the sense that they're all talking about Harry and the fact that he's sick. And, like, it's effective in a, in a sense that that presence is there. And I, I when, when, when his brother brings the key to um, Ben Horn, and, and, or, or Ben gives the key to, your brother might want this, and... So there's a lot of moments in the show that bring it back to what I, what I loved about it originally that are very affecting for me. So I'm looking forward to seeing it through to the end. Okay. Uh, anything else to bring up? I Any... think I'm good. All right. Mert? 
Nothing from me. All right. Well, thank you for letting me ramble on so much about London and, and everything else. Bet, brother. Because I've been uh, been away for a while and I'm got a lot to talk about. And I'm looking forward to getting this celebrate the century stuff in the mail. And Indeed. <laughs> it sounds really cool. And I love this artwork. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so once again, this episode was brought to you by Zia Comics. Check out their website, Zia Comics. Check out their um, YouTube channels as well for the podcast, both audio and video. And coming soon to a podcast near you will be part two, fingers crossed, of the spotlight on Jack Kirby. Indeed. All right. If you'd like to send us an email, our address is comicgeekspeak at gmail.com. If you'd like to send a, leave a voicemail, uh, the number is 267-702-6642. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at comicgeekspeak. Our forum address on the web is uh, thecomicforums at .vanillaforums.com, uh, where you can go to leave feedback about this and many other episodes of our podcast, or take part in discussions with your fellow CGS listeners about various geeky topics. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone who has supported the show, materially or otherwise, in the past. Really appreciate it. Couldn't do the show without you. And as always, we are, we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes, one listener at a time. Laser beams of pain, but the 